I'm Madison Leopold with Leopold Cattle Company in West Columbia, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It's time to get rolling once again on another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cattle numbers continue to decline. That was evidenced in the most recent USDA cattle inventory report. But if you look at the weather forecast, the ongoing drought in the western U.S. will probably cause that to continue. That was the word from Cattle Facts at the recent Cattle Industry Convention in Houston. We'll have more on that coming up from Cattle Facts' Kevin Good to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. I don't want to get too carried away, but there is a silver lining to our ongoing drought in the Texas High Plains if you're a cotton farmer. Our weather situation is helping drive up prices. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The outlook for grain sorghum in 2022 from the Rio Grande Valley to the Texas Panhandle. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that outlook from the executive director of the National Sorghum Producers on Texas Ag Today. A bill has been introduced in Congress to allow farmers and ranchers the right to repair their own equipment. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The recent cattle inventory report from USDA showed a 2% decrease in the number of cattle in the U.S., and that trend will likely continue. That was the word from Kevin Good of Cattle Facts at the recent Cattle Industry Convention in Houston. He says the ongoing drought in the western U.S. is a big reason for the liquidation. You know, 2010 to 2014, you know, prices were going straight up. Uh, but at the same time, it took the it took a couple of extra years for the, for the producer to respond. And frankly, he couldn't until he got some feed. And we're kind of in the same, same boat today uh, until the weather passed patterns improve, uh, more than likely we'll liquidate a little bit deeper and a little bit longer than, than uh, we, we logically would think we should. And drought is just one of the many challenges cattle producers will face this year. And with La Nina weather pattern, drought continuing, more than likely we liquidate again in 2022. So, you know, that's that's a major headwind. Uh, higher input costs, whether we're talking about feed grains, hay, energy, you know, interest rates, labor and labor availability, all those are challenges for not only us, but everybody within the ag industry and, frankly, within the economy. But the good news is that we will see much higher cattle prices this year compared to 2021. 
The San Antonio Stock Show is now underway. After a scaled-down event last year due to the coronavirus pandemic, the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo is back in full force. The annual event kicks off Thursday and will continue through Sunday, February 27th at the AT&T Center in San Antonio. The event includes a carnival, a variety of concerts, engaging agricultural exhibits, a rodeo, western art competition, livestock and horse shows, and more. Again, the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo is February 10th through the 27th. Details and ticket information are available on sarodeo.com. That is sarodeo.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We continue to get reports in from all over the state on just how bad this year's wheat crop looks. Roger Davis grows wheat in the northeast Texas panhandle in Ockletree County. This dryland wheat it looks as bad at this point in time that I've seen in the last 10 years. It's just, it's almost brittle. There's just no moisture for the root development. And it's a tough deal right now. It really is. I mean, we're just praying for rain. All of us are. We sure need something. Davis says he's already running irrigation ahead of planting his spring crops just to build the moisture profile before getting seed in the ground. Believe it or not, there's a silver lining to the ongoing drought here in Texas. James Hunt says it comes in the form of higher cotton prices. During an AgriLife Producers event in Canyon this week, I caught up with Texas A&M cotton economist John Robinson, doing so at a time when we continue to see really good prices, including the December futures contract, which has been sticking around a dollar a pound. And with demand staying strong, Dr. Robinson says prices for the upcoming season are also getting a boost from what is an otherwise unhappy circumstance, our drought, which looks like it could be with us at least into planting time. Growers are going to be crossing their fingers, putting seed in the ground and seeing what happens. And merchants are going to be trying to buy up some inventory. All of that's going to support prices. On top of it, the speculators who are always betting on a short market, they're going to be in there doing that same thing. So uh, the way I figure it for the new crop, the 22 crop, fundamentals ought to keep us strongly supported in the 90s. And the speculative buying could shove us up. You know, we're already at a dollar four or something like that. We could be at a dollar ten or a dollar fifteen. We could be churning in kind of upward spurts of volatility between now and when the market figures out how big the crop is. And that's not going to happen before at least September. Dr. Robinson also says in terms of when major price volatility is most likely to occur, be prepared when the big acreage reports are released, like the numbers the National Cotton Council will put out this Sunday and the USDA Perspective Plantings Report on March 31st and the USDA acreage report on June 30th. Growers should have those on their calendar because the market will be anticipating those numbers and reacting to those numbers. And so some of the pricing opportunity may be around those kinds of milestones. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The outlook for Texas sorghum is bright for the 2022 crop year, but it will not be without its challenges. Tom Nicoletti tells us there are a lot of opportunities for the crop in the upcoming year. 
My guest in the Waco studio today is Tim Lust. He is executive director of the National Sorghum Producers that are based in Lubbock. And Tim, thanks for being with us today as we look at uh, projections for Texas sorghum in uh, the new year. Uh, What does it look like uh, starting down in the valley and moving northward? Well, certainly it's that time of year where we're going to to see acres start going in very quickly in the Rio Grande Valley. I expect a strong crop there. Uh, continue to have strong uh, Gulf bids for our export markets. Certainly, as we move uh, up the state, uh, going to have real competition this year. Certainly, good commodity prices, uh, not only for sorghum, but for other crops as well. And and know that we'll, we'll see some of that in the coastal bend and, and central Texas. I think when we really look out in uh, you know West Texas, Texas Panhandle, sorghum remains very competitive. Uh, when we look at what input costs have done with a lot of our other crops, we have very strong basis in the Texas Panhandle sorghum bids, both for for our ethanol plants there as well as for the Gulf Coast, and so a lot of a lot of good opportunities in 2022. But yet, uh, producers uh, will be dealing with the lingering drought effects across many regions of the state. Absolutely. I think when we look at, um, you know, one of the big policy wins that we've had over the last several years is crop insurance price elections. And for 2022, our crop insurance price election will end up being 99.6% of corn, a couple of cents within corn. And unfortunately, that may be important because uh, we do have huge areas of the state that are just in immense drought, certainly one of the challenges. That we, that we know is going to be there, particularly on dry land acres. That is Tim Lust. He's executive director of the National Sorghum Producers. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Should farmers have the right to repair their own equipment? Gary Joyner says that's a hot topic of discussion right now. The issue of farmers and ranchers being able to repair their own equipment is a hot topic of conversation. There's now a bill in the U.S. Senate tackling the issue. U.S. Senator John Tester of Montana, a farmer, introduced the Agricultural Right to Repair Act. The bill requires farm equipment manufacturers to provide diagnostic equipment to farmers and ranchers to make repairs possible. And the Federal Trade Commission would have authority to go after companies that don't. It's all designed to give farmers, ranchers, and independent repair shops the parts, tools, and software necessary to repair their equipment. The bill provides means for disabling and re-enabling an electronic security lock or other security-related functions to affect diagnostics, repair, or maintenance. Current repair restrictions allow the manufacturers to determine who does the repair, when, and for how much. Tester says he wants to finally guarantee farmers and ranchers the right to repair their own equipment and end current restrictions on the repair market. The bill now awaits consideration in the U.S. Senate. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Research tells us that humans in close contact with white-tailed deer can give them the COVID-19 virus. But can deer give the virus back to humans? I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And if you're in the cow-calf business, getting a live calf from every cow is critical to success. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas veterinary students, the Texas Farm Bureau wants to help you complete your degree. This year, the Texas Farm Bureau is offering four 
$10,000 scholarships to second and third year veterinary students in a professional DVM program in Texas. Applicants must plan to enter a rural or food animal practice in Texas after finishing their degree. Applications are due March 1st. For more information, visit TexasFarmBureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The goal from anyone in the cow-calf business is to get a live calf from every cow every year. But of course, Dr. Bob Judd says that usually doesn't happen. Dr. Kai Poehler with Texas A&M AgriLife Research indicates reproductive inefficiency costs the beef business billions of dollars per year, and most is due to embryonic mortality and pregnancy loss. The research group is trying to determine how much loss is from the animal and how much is genetic. When a cow loses a pregnancy, she may not breed back that year, so that is two years with no calf. To help determine causes of calf loss and methods to decrease it, Texas A&M has received a $500,000 grant from the United States Department of Agriculture, and the goal of the study is to provide foundational information on the physiological and molecular mechanisms associated with embryonic survival and mortality in beef cattle. The new grant allows Dr. Poehler's team to study a technology called gene knockouts in cattle. Dr. Poehler indicates you basically knock out a single gene and see what happens with the developing embryo to see if the embryo continues or is the pregnancy terminated. The study is to show the impact of a gene family called pregnancy-associated glycoproteins, or PAGs. These proteins have been used for years in testing for pregnancy in cattle, and the team will remove these proteins one by one to determine which genes are involved in pregnancy loss. Current practices just place a Band-Aid on the situation, and hopefully this new technology will eliminate pregnancy loss. And they're not just studying cows, but also bulls, as we really do not know the problem is on the cow side or the bull side. Dr. Poehler indicates only about 25% of cattlemen use pregnancy diagnosis, which is required to determine when an animal loses a pregnancy. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Research tells us that humans can pass the COVID-19 virus to deer. But can deer pass it back to humans? Jessica Domel takes a look at that question in today's Wildlife Report. New research from Texas A&M's College of Veterinary Medicine and Biomedical Sciences tells us that white-tailed deer can contract and likely transmit the virus that causes COVID-19 in humans to other white-tailed deer. One question that stands out is, can the deer transmit the virus back to humans? Dr. Sarah Hamer, Associate Professor of Epidemiology and Principal Investigator for the study, joins us with more. I think we're hoping to address that as part of this growing research program. You know, we think what's happening with the deer is there were, you know, infected people and then the virus could spill over and infect the deer and then onward transmission in the deer, deer to deer. And that's what kind of builds up that high level of exposure within one group of deer. But now the question is, can it go back to people? Nobody has shown that that can happen. Despite all of these animal infections with SARS-CoV-2, you know, the dogs and cats and deer that we've been talking about, there's been all these zoo animals that you hear about that get infected. 
there's actually been very rare evidence that infected animals can then infect people. It's been shown with mink at some of the mink farms that you might remember hearing about where these mink are kept in captivity and they've been shown to infect people. And I think recently, like just a little bit earlier this week, there was a new study in Hong Kong with hamsters and it was shown through genomic sequencing that a bunch of hamsters were infected and then they infected the pet store workers. But that's pretty rare, but it's certainly a public health priority to try to figure out if infected animals can infect people. The study focused on captive white-tailed deer at three facilities. Dr. Hamer says they still have some work underway and they're hoping to get more grant funding for additional research. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Cattle, cotton, and grains all close lower on Thursday. We'll take a look at all of the agricultural markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. National FFA Week is February 19th through the 26th, and FFA students across the country will be sharing their stories. I'm National FFA President Cole Bearlocker from the state of Washington. National FFA Week is a time to share what FFA is and the impact it has on members every day. And because FFA and agricultural education prepare students for careers, leadership, and the ability to face what the future holds, that impact is profound. Share your FFA stories during hashtag FFA Week. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a big turnaround in the agricultural markets on Thursday. Just about everything was trading higher at mid-session. But as we moved toward the close, things fell apart. We ended up closing lower on cattle, cotton, and grains. February live cattle down 55 cents to finish at 142.35. The April down 95, 146.87. June live cattle down 87 at 141.60. Same story in the feeder market. March feeder cattle down $1.55, 166.72. April feeders down 82 cents, 171.75. May feeder cattle down 85 at 175.87. In the cash fed cattle market, it was good to see 140 again this week. Texas Cattle Feeders Association porting 1,705 head of cattle sold on the cash market at 140. Boxed beef prices lower on Thursday. Choice down 68 cents, 275.11. Select down 231 at 269.74. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. You got cattle in the alleyway. They had a sale in Giddings this week. Let's talk to Phil Brockenbush of Giddings Livestock about the results of that cattle sale. Phil, how'd it go? It was good, Larry. We had 740 cattle. Good. Let's walk the pens. Uh, the steers, 300 and back, average around 180. 188 bring up to 210 three to four weight steers 183 to 215 four to five weight steers 173 to 217 and a half five to six weights 157 up to 177 and a half six to seven weights 136 to 157 seven to eight weights 123 to 146 the heifers 300 and back 160 to 190 three to four weights 175 to 185 four to five weights 166 to 175 five to six weights 152 to 172 and a half six to seven weights 125 to 141 seven to eight weights 121 to 169 what are we 
we anticipating for this Monday sale? Kind of that time of year. I don't know. It'll be be a little lighter for a while, but there, we'll have some cattle. I mean, it was wet this week. The weather kind of got us. We had them cows. We had some pears bring up to thirteen seventy five. Bread cows bring up to thirteen hundred. Good. The, the packer cows and bulls are. It, it's still good. But we had a highest packer cow brought ninety. So well, good, good. That was better. Well, we'll touch base with you Sunday evening. See how many you've drawn. In the meantime, tell everybody how to contact you. You can call me at nine seven nine seven one six four three nine five, or you can call the barn at nine seven nine five four two 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 seven four. Thank you, Phil Brockenbush, Giddings Livestock, neighbor. I'm Larry Marble. This is Walking the Pins. We'll do it again tomorrow. Good day. The hog market was lower Thursday. February lean hogs down a nickel, ninety seventeen. The April contract down a dollar thirty-five at one hundred three forty-two. February Class Three milk up eight twenty seventy-four a hundredweight, while March milk was up three at twenty-two oh seven. The cotton market closed mostly lower Thursday on a poor export sales report. Weekly seasonal sales total in that report, 281,000 bales. You compare that to 647,000 bales the previous week, and you can see why traders were a bit disappointed. March cotton down 77 points, 125.66. The October contract, however, finished higher. It was up 130 points at 109.75. The December down 34, closing at 105.27. Now, the grain markets did exactly what we saw in the cattle market. We were mostly higher at mid-session. Things collapsed, and we moved lower in both corn and wheat. March corn down 5 cents, 6.41 and 3 quarters. September corn down four and a half at 597 a bushel. Now the drop in the wheat market wasn't completely unexpected given USDA's supply and demand report on Wednesday. It was actually somewhat bearish for the wheat market. So I think we're seeing the market react to that just a day late. July Kansas City wheat dropped 13 cents to close at 805 and a half. July Chicago wheat down 11,775 a bushel. In the energy markets, March natural gas down three at 397 march crude oil up 21 cents 89.87 a barrel the financial markets lower thursday afternoon the dow down 452 points at 35,323 the nasdaq down 242 at 14,248 the s&p down 67 4,519 That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.